It's episode 10, season 4 of Beyond This Earth. Nobody hold back, and we are back. Oh, we are so back. And on today's episode, we go through what's happened in Memphis with this Tyrell Nichols case and the five police officers and the disgusting actions that ultimately led to Nichols' death. We'll go through all of it and figure out what is truly going on. China and the spy balloons that have recently went over America and was shot down over the coast of South Carolina. We have more details on that as well. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline, was it taken out by the United States? Seymour Hirsch said so. His substack pretty much gives out why from his sources. A lot of people are saying, this is not the case. We might be seeing that those people that are against Seymour Hirsch may be lying because the evidence is all over the internet if you know where to look. The Ohio train derailment, what is going on in East Palestine, Ohio, a possible ecological disaster incoming, fish are dying, animals are getting sick, what this really could lead into. There was another mass shooting at a university over at Michigan State University. And Project Veritas is in humongous trouble as James O'Keefe has taken a leave of absence. The reasons why, you'll find out on today's episode. Rolo Tomasi finally arrives on Dr. Phil. And within two weeks of that premiere, Dr. Phil decides to end his show. We'll tell you why the real reasons that Dr. Phil decided to end his show. When it comes to the pandemic, did science win the day or is engineering the only play? A ongoing series for the market ticker gets into some of the reasons why engineering is the only way to solve many of humanity's major problems and issues concerning with dermatistic outcomes. And the documents. What is really going on with the National Archives? What we were doing over the break, news that you missed, other space news including more planets, I mean moons found in Jupiter, other particular news of note, and previews from the educational episode and the AI episode. You do not want to miss that. All this and a whole lot more on today's episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Beyond This Earth. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. I'm back after a very long break of two months, ultimately. Well, actually it is two months. This is Novin Hollerback, that's Hollerback. We got a lot of things to discuss. 
Not that much time to do it, however. I want to start what is going on in Memphis, Tennessee that happened just not that, that not just a couple of weeks ago. Tar Nichols was basically beaten to death by five police officers trapped during a traffic stop at Memphis, Tennessee. He was, Mr. Nichols, was not that far from his mother, at least at 100 yards away. The video came out The video came out showing this particular incident. It was absolutely horrific. And even though it was a little hard to see on certain places, you notice that Tyreer Nichols was down. You also notice that they brought him back up and they punched him in the face. And they did all sorts of things to this man who later passed away three days later of his injuries. The five officers are black. Each of them were taken out of the force and are charged basically with aggravated assault and aggravated murder charges. And the group that they were a part in has basically been disbanded. It wasn't that easy and wasn't that difficult to, com- to condemn this heinous action. People are wondering, how is this going to be solved? The other people, the liberals are pretty much saying, oh, we cannot trust cops and do whatever and what have you. We're going to solve the crime with the expansion of Medicare to make it into a form of the NHS, both in Canada and in the UK. That will and and decrease crime and a whole host of other particular things of that nature the fundamental problem is is that the limited liability that officers get can be both a blessing and a curse especially when it comes to actual criminals that need to be caught and sent into prison. The fundamental problem with what I see with this particular case is that this may have been more 
of mistaken identity, not necessarily mistaken identity per se, but more of a revenge because it is perceived that he, that Mr. Nichols was with another person who may have been a part of the police department and they don't want to say anything of that nature because it will make things a whole lot worse. Demetrius Haley. Baby mama works at FedEx. Tyree was allegedly fucking with his baby mom. And he took a picture after they did that bullshit and sent it to her. That's why y'all saw Officer taking the picture. His baby mama works at FedEx. Tyree works at FedEx. just putting it out there the whole intelligentsia can explain it all the way with the cops and all the rest of this they can say oh this thing wasn't personal this thing is just a continuation of how they treat black men and even how other black men treat other black men because they see themselves as the protectors of white supremacy and all the rest of it. But I just want to let you guys know, folks. I just want to let you guys know. You have people who even on the perception that you mess with the wrong woman. The perception, not even the, the perception that you even mess with them. They're coming after you. Especially if they are called the bat, the cops that are going to protect whatever they need to protect. And they're coming after you and they're going to end you, unfortunately. Because you, they feel some sort of way. This particular group of officers have been notorious in 
doing certain things to other people as well during these traffic stops. And people are saying that the police officers should not be doing traffic stops anymore. They don't have the capability. We got to do the whole thing with therapy and all the rest of it. Again, this goes back to limited liability suing and public and the way we see public officials in this country and a police officer as a public official. They do not or should not have when they are at work the same types of private protections that a private citizen has. They are held to a much higher standard and the refusal for the entities that brought about that are that they, they, they handle the police to deal with this situation should have your ears stand on end. This is a very simple problem that they are trying to make into a humongous issue with the over to militarization of police and all the rest of it. I get that that is really showing a much darker reality in this situation. Memphis, Tennessee is going through some absolute bullshit. Does anybody remember what happened to Young Dolph? Does anybody remember what happened to other people, other rappers that are being shot in Memphis, Tennessee? Does anybody forget all that? This is a much bigger scandal with the, the police departments and the sheriff departments all over Memphis, Tennessee, maybe all of Tennessee that has to be federally, that has to be ultimately investigated and seen for what it is. This is a disaster that is going on in Tennessee in particular that is much bigger than just Tyree Nichols and the evidence that will start to come out from that particular case is going to make people's ears stand on end. There's also the issue about one of the one woman in another police department who has been traded around and paraded around as a sex toy for a whole bunch of officers. And then one certain the police department. I just want y'all to know this is where a lot of this stuff is heading and you are not and nobody should like it at all. No one. Other news that needed to be discussed. And one of them has to deal with a spy balloon. A spy balloon? A spy balloon, Novid? Oh, yeah. A Chinese spy balloon, which we can now officially confirm that the Pentagon was watched it 
from beginning to end, left off from China and go through the Pacific Ocean and head towards the United States. And it wasn't touched. It was shot down over South Carolina. That's it was shot down over South Carolina after a week going through Montana. After trying to figure out where the ICBMs are and the rest of it. Biden should have shot it down before he even reached Hawaii. It should have been shot down before he even got to Japan. Before he entered the Sea of Japan, before he entered the Sea of Japan, they, they could just call it, oh, it was just a whatever we had to do it for national security reasons. This should have never have taken place because if you know your history, how did we, how did America start testing their nuclear weapons capability? They started testing the nuclear weapons capability in the Cold War using balloons, using modified weather balloons. This Chinese payload was over 200 feet, it was very large, and they tested it out. They didn't shoot it down thinking that it was going to be, knowing that it was going to be miles about, you're going to hear a little bit from Zihan in a moment. It was going to be miles around. But Carl Denner just said, what if they had a, even a dirty nuclear bomb place the bond there and it could just give the signal to drop it anywhere in the United States. What then? What then? It will be responded in kind. There is no two hours. You got 30 minutes. It's respond in kind in 30 minutes. It's over. It's 30 minutes, do not let that, do not that. Damn the consequences, shoot that damn ICBM. Shoot it now. It's no way, don't, don't say shit. If you know where it came from, shoot it now. Got no choice. You played me, shoot it now. The question that everybody now has come to the realization of is that there were more balloons that, or balloons or unidentified objects that were around in Alaska. And there was another, there was another, actually there was another spy balloon 
from China that went through Latin America and South America and Central America. Believed to be from the same area as the one that they shot down. They let that one go. I don't know the status of that particular one, but there were three other unidentified flying objects that were taken down recently, and the data or the wreckage has not been recovered. The, the senators are asking, where is this from? What are you not telling us? And the Amer and the Pentagon is saying, uh, you're, you're, it's a need-to-know basis and you don't got that clearance. There's an interesting perspective from Peter Zihan concerning this particular issue that I hope we can get. Everybody, Peter Zion coming to you from another exciting hotel room. Uh, today, today is balloon day. Now, I realize it's been quite a while since the balloon was first sighted and brought down, uh, but, you know, Part of being a generalist is knowing when to keep your mouth shut because you don't want to just talk about things you don't know much about and balloons have never made my top, you know, thousand list of things I consider myself a semi-expert in. So I'd go out and speak to a few people. Um, let's start with what the Chinese were technically trying to do. Uh, they were doing overflight of a lot of our military bases, specifically our ICBM launch facilities, uh, because the Chinese are new to having a nuclear deterrent in the idea of having reinforced uh, bunkers and silos. And so everything from the type of fuel, solid versus liquid, to the type of reinforcements, to the type of launch capability, to the staging of the rockets, they're all relatively new to all of this, certainly to doing it at scale. Remember that... Um, as early as the 1970s, the United States had over 30,000 nuclear weapons, about one-third of which would have been deployed by missile. Now, with arms control treaties and the post-Cold War environment, we have slimmed that down to just a few hundred. Uh, but the United States has a deep bench of experience in building and maintaining these things, and the Chinese simply don't. Uh, until very recently, their entire deterrent was just uh, about 100 or so missiles. Um, and they're trying to beef it up, part of the general effort to get into great power competition, and they have a very long way to go. So any little peak that they can get would be great um, from their point of view. Obviously, from the American point of view, we have a slightly different view of that. Now, when it first came out, like a lot of people, I didn't really know what was going on. And so my first thought was like, you know, why would the Chinese, I mean, balloons are big, they're slow moving, you can't maneuver them very well. They're obvious and so I was like you know I 
haven't thought very much of the leadership of Xi Jinping of late. They're making mistakes in energy and agriculture and finance and economic development and trade, I mean, manufacturing, you, you name it. We're seeing catastrophic failures across the Chinese system in decision-making because Xi has basically gotten rid of anyone who might tell him no or might tell him yes, but. He's surrounded himself with yes-men, and so we're just seeing a general breakdown of the bureaucracy and the decision-making apparatus. But even with that in mind, I was like, you know, Xi isn't stupid. Why must the United States want to be obvious it would be seen and obviously it would torpedo relations? It just never occurred to me that they could be that dumb. Well, turns out um, the rampant stupidity that is taking over decision-making in Chinese uh, policy has now reached a bit of a breakpoint. Um, we now know uh, from the responses to the crisis that the Chinese have lost the ability to coordinate within their own system. So normally, if you're going to do something that's a little provocative, uh, you're going to coordinate with your diplomatic personnel and your executives uh, in order that nothing else that you're working on gets ruined. But the day that the balloon like floated into northern Idaho, Blinken was supposed to be on a plane going to China, and he had to cancel. And then over the course of the next week, uh, <laughs> the Americans were reaching out to the Chinese, and the Chinese refused to take the call because they didn't know what to say because they couldn't get direction. And then once it was shot down over the waters of South Carolina, they refused to pick up the phone because they go, oh, no, the United States is using military force to take down a civilian object. I mean, the, just the, the abject uh, refusal to deal with the situation is the only – you only see that when the bureaucracy is seized up. Uh, Xi has so intimidated and purged the bureaucracy that there's really only two types of people left. Those who will do nothing unless they are explicitly instructed to do something, or those who are true believers, the zealots, and those are the folks who will go out onto runways and sterilize them for COVID, or apparently will try to get a balloon over the United States, not even thinking that it might have a problem for relations, uh, which U.S.-Chinese relations are the coldest they have ever been, and with incidents like this, uh, any effort to warm them is not working. So that's kind of the diplomatic and the political side. This is this is really bad for China and really exposes just a big hollow emptiness in their policymaking capacity, which I'm sure no one's going to take advantage of at all. Uh, so let's talk about what the Chinese might have gotten and what the United States might have lost or gotten. Because there's a clear winner here, and it's not probably who you think it is. Now, the missile silos that the Chinese are so interested in, uh, you know, newsflash, you don't leave those open to the elements. And so once it was obvious that a balloon was going over them, they just button up. They get their emissions under control, and uh, all the doors are closed. So there was nothing that the balloons could gather uh, that could not also be gathered by satellite. So they basically floated over the United States and got nothing better than typical open source information. The whole time, U.S. hardware was tracking that balloon, tracking its emissions, uh, taking digital renderings of the entirety of the structure. And oh yeah, yeah, just just so we're clear, this was not a weather balloon. Uh, this thing was 300 feet wide. That's a big ass balloon. That's like an order of magnitude bigger than weather balloons. And I don't know if you guys know what an Embraer plane is. They're those little um, Barbie dream jets that sometimes you're on a connecting flight for. They only take about 70, 80 people. 
the equipment that was hanging from the bottom of the balloon, the payload, was bigger than an Embraer. Uh, and there were long-range antennas and listening devices and computing capacity and solar panels on this thing, along with some propellers. So, you know, the idea that this was a weather balloon, like only if it was planning on monitoring the weather on Venus, because it had that sort of range. Uh, so the, the Chinese position, again, uh, the diplomatic system seized up because the, the truth was so obvious but the Chinese diplomatic corps had no idea that this was going on. It's part of that whole disconnect. Anyway, they got very little, if any, information from this effort, but the whole time the Americans were trapping what was a fairly sophisticated spy platform. And then when we shot it down on over South Carolina, we started fishing for the parts. Now, I, like a lot of people, apparently like President Biden, my first instinct was to shoot it down the second it crossed the border. Uh, but as it was explained to me, if you shoot down something of that size, when it's 10 miles up, the debris field is going to cover a couple of square miles in a line that's something like six or seven miles long. Whew. Uh, nobody wants 200 pounds of Chinese spyware falling through the roof. You people probably would have died even over like the vast empties of Montana. So they waited for it to be over water. Uh, also, they did detect it when it was over Alaska, but if they had shot it down over Alaskan waters, some of those waters are three miles deep and they wanted to recover it. So the waters over or off the shelf of South Carolina are 30 to 60 feet deep, something you can just do as a commercial dive. So pieces that are being recovered, and we're getting a better look at spy equipment out of China and their capabilities and their emissions and how they handle information and what they're looking for as a result of this incident than normally you would have gotten after a one or two year probing effort using more traditional methods. So it's kind of like the Chinese um, flew a canary into our cage and we just quietly locked the door behind it. And this is turning into the intelligence bonanza of the decade. Um, so that's what happened after a couple of uh, weeks of me poking into this. It's a really intriguing story, but the bottom line is just the sheer level of stupidity and dysfunction of the Chinese national security experts, if that's the right word, really has reached a fundamentally new low. Absolutely crazy times going in China. And it is not what other people are thinking. There are certain as if you really want to put it in that particular sense, China is beginning the process. And I'm not saying that the process is fully done. I'm not even saying that the process is happening right in front of us. I am saying that aspects of the Chinese government and aspects of Chinese society are starting the process of splitting up. It's small right now, but as things start to get worse economically for China, the process is going to reach a point where it will be almost obvious. Not the same situation that befell Russia in 1991. It could be many times worse with far-reaching, far-reaching um, 
catastrophes, consequences, as it were, for China and the rest of East Asia and the rest of Asia in particular, and possibly Russia as well in the next several years. Something to look out for in the next couple of months concerning China. We're doing a lot of radio, we're doing a lot of um interviews and videos concerning with a wall, the audio version of the videos in particular. Concerning a lot of the news stories that we missed. One of those particular news stories that you're going to hear from, yes, you're going to hear it thanks to the Patreons at the World Nerd, a Seymour Hearst interview that was going to be an hour. I'm only going to play about four minutes of it just to give you the relative things about what is going on with that particular issue and why it is important to understand how it relates to the whole war effort that is going on in Ukraine and what could happen in February 21st as the thawing out of the of Ukraine and Russia starts in earnest before it as it thaws out and and that particular side of the world heads towards spring. I want to talk about is this. This is an insane story. Uh, this is a story that you got that uh, Biden approved an operation. That the mystery of the Nord Stream pipeline bombings is solved and that Biden approved an operation where U.S. Navy divers working with Norway, set off those explosives. And what that means is that the U.S. committed an act of war or terrorism against its own ally in the middle uh, of a war. I'm going to quote here real quickly. This is about the, the, the ambassadors to NATO met right after the, the pipeline explosions. And here's a quote from them that I got from VOA News from back in September 29th. Any deliberate attack against allies' critical infrastructure would be met with a united and determined response, which I guess now the united determined response is silence. Um, but you have this quote in your story, Seymour, that I think is, for me, stood out as kind of one of the key quotes. And it is this, uh, throughout, quote, all of this scheming, that your source said, quote, some working guys in the CIA and the State Department were saying, don't do this, it's stupid, and will be a political nightmare if it comes out. It is isn't it incredibly stupid, or have I lost my mind here? Like, why would, in your years of reporting, have you come across something like this? I mean, something, you, you mean, you're asking somebody who was involved in writing about the Vietnam War and massacres. I know. Has come across something like this? Well, Are blowing you up your allies, your allies' critical infrastructure. I oh, mean, but they didn't see it that way. They saw the oil, they saw the gas coming from Russia into, you have to understand. Russia's full of uh, methane gas. In right. Siberia, they, they, they could go for decades. Right. But Russia had pipelines that were supplying gas to Germany. 
um, at, uh, at a discount price, very cheap, all the gas they could use, so much so that the, the German companies uh, were uh, taking some of the gas and re- reselling for right. that profit. And the Russians, you know, whatever, it, it's, it was a company controlled by Gazprom, which is controlled mm-hmm. by oligarchs, which are obviously um, respectful of Putin, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. But 49% of it were four different European countries that were, uh, were who's a, who ran companies that were selling uh, gas downstream all over Europe. Mm-hmm. So you had a tremendous source of gas, cheap gas for Europe. And uh, Germany is a real powerhouse, you know, Mercedes. And, yeah. And they have the largest chemical BASF, the largest chemical company in the world. They soak up gas, and they're industrial-based. And, um, um, and so the fear was... Biden wants this war. I mean, don't, don't ask me why presidents want war. I think mm-hmm. it's good for their ratings. I just don't know. But Biden was very big on you know, showing the uh, uh, showing the Russians that uh, in the Ukraine with Russian with Ukrainian soldiers that we can we'll show them. We can stand up to Russia. It's good politically in America too. We all you know we wake up every day and you know with kicking Russia mm-hmm. and, and Putin are, are you know anyway. So I, I can't tell you. Um, uh, all I can tell you is is that he saw that gas as a weapon because as long as Russia was selling that much gas, they thought Russia could would weaponize it. If we started, mm-hmm. if if there was a war, this is all beginning. This all these, this from this point of view began um, uh, before the war started last February, a year ago almost um, uh, from today. The Russians had made it clear what they were they were building up on the on the coast of Belarus, what you will, it was very clear they were going to go. Right. And actually, by the time Biden made the threat, he, Biden on February the 7th, and by this time the, the Russians are already beginning to move up a hospital uh, 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 units, right. you know, uh, uh, with uh, emergency operating rooms and all that. So it was clear right. they were going. So he gets on, in, he has the German ambassador, Schultz, with him. He has a news conference in February in the White House. And he's, and he's, they're all talking about, you know, that. we're going to stop this gas. Yeah. They're not going to get, you know, uh, Russia, we will not let Russia, uh, if Russia attacks, we will not let them, not let Russian gas keep on coming. And right. we will do this. And he was asked, what do you mean? Well, we know how to do it. We will get right. it done. Right. Schultz said nothing. Right. And a couple of weeks earlier, the Undersecretary for State, Newland, yep. uh, had said at the news conference, uh, we can stop it. We just want Russia to know we can stop their gas by any means. <laughs> yes. If Russia invades so, Ukraine one way or another, Nord Stream two one will not way or another. Forward, right? So what does that mean? You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if anybody's thinking, but I'll tell you what that means. You know, that's called a threat. Yeah. yeah. So you're asking me, uh, uh, how did you find this story? Yes. You know, a, a, a friend of mine put it this way: What you've done, Sai, an old friend of mine. Smart friend, you're an expert at deconstructing the obvious. <laughs> yeah. What else was yeah. it? But what you also got. It? It but you, right. But you also got sources. I mean, you have a great source walking you through. Yeah, the, but the, you know, that, you know, if uh, uh, I think what the the newspapers, particularly the German newspapers, were very nasty to me, and, and yeah. the New York Times and the Washington Post just ignore me. I yeah. think what they want to really, what they think I should do is, you know, use his name and get right. put in jail. Right. Stuff like that, which would end my career. You know, I yeah. haven't put anybody in. I've been doing this for 50 years. Eli started yeah. in 69, and I will tell you something. <laughs> uh, inside the community, 
uh, uh, I protect people. Yes. So I'm taking heat. I have a source. I'm taking heat. But that's okay. That's yeah. my job. Right. But it's their job to understand the business a little better. And they know the business a little better. At the New York Times and Washington Post, they have reports. They know it. They know it. You know, they, they know. Um, the, the New York Times, the problem is that the New York, it's all been cheapened because now the New York Times and Washington Post, they, they think, a, a, you know, an unnamed source can be a press guy, a press secretary, <laughs> somebody who whispers something on the side to them. I, I don't know. They don't seem to have anybody inside. Right. Uh, the, the coverage of the Ukrainian war is, is compared to what I'm hearing from my friends who have access to the information. It's not just in country. You know, don't, you know sources don't all have to be from America. You know, there are other right. countries that we're very close to. I'm right. not saying that. I'm just telling you that the thinking so dumb. Right. But I will tell you that this, I've been hearing from, you know, the war I know about isn't the war you're reading about. Uh, could so you elaborate on that a little bit? No, I just I mean, no. just you know, we, it's I, not I going Trump, as well. Or? No, but you know, no. of course not. Yeah, okay. yeah. The <laughs> Russians haven't put you know, the, yeah. you know, the Russians didn't do so great either. I think yes. I think they made great misjudgments. Yes. But you know, they have a three hundred fifty thousand man regular army that hasn't gone in yet. Yeah. They're still working with outsiders. Yeah. You know, and so but that isn't the point. The point I'm we're getting off on a track. The point yeah. is that the point is that these guys know better than you know. They're just doing it because. I don't know. Maybe they think that the story I wrote supports Russia. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. It does suggest that they have probably. There's, I've done a lot, of, a lot of looking at the, the law about it, and the law on the sea is very interesting. There are treaties that go back uh, to 1884 when we began to lay telegraph lines across the ocean, um, and right. if you if you inadvertently or deliberately ran across the line, that was a real bad deal. You, but the, uh, there were I, there were mostly economic consequences. Right. There's actually no law on the books that says knocking off a pipeline, and the, and the the pipelines in question, the Nord Stream One and Nord Stream Two, two major pipelines. They both were covered. They they ran over seven hundred, roughly seven hundred fifty miles mm-hmm. from um, uh, uh, from basically from St. Petersburg and the. In the in, uh, in uh, down all the way into uh, northeast Washington. Uh, Germany, one way straight shot all the way down the Baltic Sea. That's a lot of pipeline. There's about yeah. 12,000 pipelines now, and there's no law on the books that says deliberately blowing up a pipeline is a crime because that has wow. never been considered. Um, right. but- so that's some of the things that he said there concerning that. That, and a lot of people are saying that Hearst is a liar. That this is misinformation. There's one. T- Twitter post there that both um, the New York Times and others are saying that, oh, this is misinformation, he's lying, this, that, and the other thing, and whatnot. Folks, I'm going to make this real freaking clear, okay? The people who, when this thing happened with the Nord Stream pipeline, on the exact week, actually a couple of days after, they went on Twitter. The Norway guy, one of the Norway uh, um, um, leaders, went on went on Twitter and said, "Thank you, USA." I found that weird, right? Even though Biden said I didn't do shit, and when this uh, article came out from Seymour Hertz came up and said, "I didn't do shit neither." We didn't do shit. 
Me? Nah, we ain't do nothing. It ain't nothing. Fake news. But the Norwegian politician came up and said, thank you, USA. They said that. Then strange comments coming from the State Department at all, coming from Canada, pretty much saying that it's not done, but Russia did it and it's their fault. And we have nothing to do with it. And then also saying, well, you know, it's about that pipeline, bro. That pipeline is helping in that Russian war effort. You know? It will be kind of sad. It is sad that the Russians actually did it to themselves. In a smiling, sarcastic tone. You do realize that after winter breaks in Ukraine and Russia, and there have been rumors there are 700,000 troops, at least a good amount of them are actual infantry. Some of them are medical, some of them are this, that, and the other. And this time around, he going to get this done according to the sources that they're saying. This time it's on. It's block to block, tree to tree. They're not gonna use these weaponized and all the rest of the drones and whatnot. I something bad is going to happen in Ukraine within the next couple of weeks. And it's not pretty. So everyone has to be careful right now. Especially with this news that are coming out. It's not going to be a walk in the park. At all. They have better... There is going to be a point where something strange is going to happen. And then this war... They could have gone nuclear in a snap. Turns out to be almost nothing burgers. But I am thinking that they're not going to blink. And 
If you think that you saw the worst of it over the last year, after this month, you will not, you are going to see much worse. These people don't play. And a lot of people are saying they're ready to fight. It's not going to be pretty at all. And no amount of sanctions are going to solve the underlying problem. And a lot of people know what the underlying problem is. So that's just one of the things that are is happening. We will keep in touch with in the keeping in tandem with and beyond this earth. Something happened in East Ohio. A train derailment took place a couple of days ago. And I'm trying to see here if I have Uh, if I have that information here or if it's somewhere else in the data that I have here and figure out what I'm looking at. As we all know, there was a very significant vinyl chloride spill recently as a result of stupidity, that's correct, in Eastern Ohio, that's East Palestine, Ohio. The governor has raised hell about the material going through his state without notice, but the fact of the matter is this material is utterly essential to many things in our modern life for which we all take for granted. Specifically, this vinyl chloride, it is the precursor for PVC pipe and most common wire installation these, these days. That's all the wires for the electricity. I presume that you like to wire a house with pipe water or pipe water raced around. In particular, PVC waste pipes are the standard for such use for your house. Assuming that it was built, the odor can't die in a way. It's full of the stuff. Never mind the electrical wiring in, well, everything. Electrical wiring needs that PVC to prevent these things and happening and whatnot. So calls to get rid of it on a transportation corridors is stupid unless you like to cram to the street again, of course, and to go back to a world without electrical power lights and appliances. Didn't think so. So what is the deal about the substance itself? It's a gas normally and a pretty nasty one. It's particularly nasty because one, it is toxic and two, the toxic level is well below you detect by smell dust. The time you smell it, you're being actively poisoned by quite a bit. And three, it's also explosively flammable and heavier than air, so it will travel on the ground. And if it finds an ignition source, how blue? It was that risk that led them to deliberately breach the tanks and ultimately burn it off. Had the tanks ruptured explosively, the rapid vapor expansion explosion that would have resulted in easily leveled a decently sized large area and thrown Schnapple for a mile or more. Incidentally, several news outlets said it could detonate. I look for evidence of it to be able to be initiated. They can't find it. There's a very significant difference between an explosion and a detonation. The two are not the exact thing. 
but the material is both nearly insoluble in water and highly volatile. It's soluble against most organic solvents, but that's not in play here. That means it is quite easily to separate it out, and since it doesn't dissolve, it's easily liberated if it in a mixture with water. Indeed, even a minute of boiling water and very heavily contaminated with it evolves it out to undetectable levels in the water that remains. Of course, you will be wise to run the exhaust fan while doing this because certainly you don't want to breathe it. And again, toxic levels well below that you can detect by smell. There are many people who claim that this derailment is equivalent of Chernobyl in America. Nonsense. Chernobyl released long persistence and soluble radioisotopes into the environment. Things that would have half-lives of anywhere from minutes, not a huge deal, to tens of thousands of years or more, a very big deal. This stuff, while very nasty in the immediate sense, is simply not long persistence, unlike many chemical poisons such as dioxins. I'll get to that in a moment. So while the acute and immediate danger is severely, is extremely severe, the longer term impact years and decades down the road is not. We should absolutely do something about the people responsible for this, especially considering that it appears to be evidence that the training question had a hotbox visible on surveillance for tens of miles before it derailed and thus had to pass at least one or likely two detectors but was not stopped. I want to know why that happened because someone is either negligent in their maintenance or worse, grossly negligent in that they knew that the train had an active hotbox and did not stop and correct the problem. Either way, there was certainly appears from my point of view um, to be enough liability to severely damage or even destroy Norfolk Sunder as a company. And in fact, people were actively poisoned, likely, and wind up with cancer or dead as a consequence of every single person involved must be tried in imprisonment for manslaughter or even worse. No, being a corporation does not and doesn't and does must not get you off from this. Individuals make these decisions, the chain and the reporting is responsible for said supervision and failure to do so and every single one of them must be forced to discharge personal criminal liability. Incidentally, this isn't the first or even the most recent such event. Not at all. Shall we talk about the degradation of emptying, employing people entirely on the basis of merit? Or would you like to have the same sort of event happen in your town? Welcome to D-E-D-I-E, you know, the result of diversity, inclusion, and equity. At the same time, overselling the fear porn is beyond ridiculous and is the reaches to the realm of stupid. I watched several people destroy their credibility online and the media over this incident. So be it, I added several people to the ignore list in the future. I'm part of team reality. That includes reality in both directions including when the fear isn't what is sold to the public via scaremongers trying to gend up clicks of other means of this body and hide under the desk sort of fear porn. This is a serious transportation hazardous with serious repercussions, including significant acute risk for those exposed to the time and those that were exposed quite possibly serious or lethal cancer consequences, but it's not a true nervous style event in any way, shape or form, period. The fear is from this particular fear porn is from 
another event that deals with dioxins that happened in 1976 in Italy. There, if you're an animation fan or an anime fan in particular, Manga Cat created, made a movie about this particular incident that happened in 1976. I think you can find it in Wikipedia. And not the Wikipedia, and you can find the title on Wikipedia. I don't have it on, I don't have the name on it off the top of my head at the moment. But that film is out there. That disaster that happened in 1976 changed the way Italy and later on the European Union handled these particular dangerous chemicals. Something to really look into as well. We are going to be watching this because it seems like Norfolk Southern has bitten more off than they can chew. And it could get really dangerous really fast. And there are a lot of things that this company and other particular entities, especially the governmental entities, both federal, state, and local, are not telling the populace. Will this turn into a dioxin situation? Or is this more of, we just got to make sure to get this vinyl chloride separated? as much as it can be separated from. But the disaster in East Palatine, Ohio is huge. And it needs to have answers as soon as possible. Cause that could be a flashpoint to even greater tragedies ahead. Just warning, there was a shooting in Michigan State University that had to do with a perpetrator who was not connected to the university at any point in the perpetrator's life. And that perpetrator killed three students and injured several others. That perpetrator has um, been a, was killed him killed took the perpetrator ended its own life. Uh, they're trying to see what type of investigations they can do to figure out what happened, but it turns out that the perpetrator may have not have lived in Michigan. That the perpetrator got his guns from somewhere else. Or got it illegally. So he was in this perpetrator was in jail and got out of prison because of the new particular laws that are out there concerning with cashless bail. Y'all, this can you now see this for what it is, folks? I see it for what it is. Y'all need to see it for yourselves. Um, Before we get to the Project Veritas thing, I know that we're a little bit over time. 
there was a tragedy in Turkey and Syria, a 7.8 earthquake and a 7.5 aftershock. At least four, 40,000 people are dead. It is going to go much higher than that. Much higher. There are people that are still alive, yes. But it is a tragedy that has made Syria even against, has really emphasized the point of what is going on in those two particular countries. And it is a tragedy that is... It it is a reminder that life is just too short. But a lot of, but somehow a lot of people, somehow people are coming up alive and that's a good thing. An investigation is being done into the construction of a lot of these houses in Turkey and there is going to be some prosecutions on that particular front as well. Last I heard. Last thing before we end this segment, Project Veritas. James O'Keefe has taken a leave of absence or been forced to take a leave of absence. Has been forced to take a leave of absence. This comes after the expose of a Pfizer president, as it were, no, not president, someone that was working for Pfizer. And the things that were mentioned by that person who was working on Pfizer. And pretty much they were saying, oh, we're doing the investigation on uh, how we're going to make a stronger version of COVID and all the rest of these things. And it was some really scary stuff that a lot of people were deeply concerned about. Deeply concerned. They pretty much scrubbed that young, that person out of existence from Pfizer. Scrubbed them out. Some say that this was just the the way they did the investigation was wrong, but it turns out in certain ways that, oh, it was a prostitute that did this. He paid a prostitute to do and all all the rest of these things. And And so in that particular sense, there was some statements done by the people that controlled the Project Veritas website and company and account saying that there is an investigation, but all of this thing that led into the forcing out of James O'Keefe for maybe a little while, maybe longer, is basically based on spurious claims. And right now we don't know where this is all heading. And 
in the next couple of weeks as Beyond This Earth Continues, we'll have more information concerning that as well. Man, this has been one hell of an hour. I really shouldn't say that, but hey. Coming up next, updates concerning other news items that happened during the week and the time that I left. Plus, Rolo Tomasi shows up on Dr. Phil, and in two weeks, Dr. Phil gets canceled. An interesting digression from Carl Denninger about science and engineering that you need to hear about. Plus, what is going on in the National Archives that we constantly see these documents being taken back by these Four men, Biden, Trump, and others. We'll have that and a whole lot more on Beyond This Earth right after this. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. to be on this earth Noah Hallback here there will be more news later on concerning updated particular things that have happened during this recording that have recently come to the fore and we will talk more about that on the final segment of Beyond this earth for this episode episode 10 I just want to get to the Rolo Tomasi thing uh, he finally 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 showed up on Dr. Phil after several months of planning, prodding, telegraphing, teasing, if you want to put it in those particular words. Rolo Tomasi showed his face on national television. This wasn't the full interview. You know that they do these syndicated shows for three hours and a lot of the things get cut off in the cutting room floor. So what would be seen to be more, in his particular words, purple pill. And yes, he said that he wasn't going to defend Tate and all the rest of it because it is what it is. They did show a young man who was a little bit more skittish in the way that he was looking through things and trying to explain his points. But as Rolo Tomasi got more comfortable in trying to explain his points, a lot of men started to say, 
uh, in the audience, this makes sense. Now, he had a fourth book out called The Player's Handbook that hopefully I will get a chance to look through and maybe we'll do another review more short because we did the ultimate one about five and a half weeks about a year and a half ago with religion and positive masculinity and the other connections to other books from Michael Tessarian and certain works from John Michael Greer even though we haven't gotten Greer's books because Greer is more of a a fiction writer and sometimes his nonfiction works are very interesting, but a lot of it is not truly connected to what I was wanted to talk about. But there were some sense that he had some sort of a say in it. Uh, I will mention something that um, John Michael Greer said at the end of the dirt segment that will put everything into a neat bow just to make things fit, just to give you an overview of what things that I have learned over through this break. So Roller Tomasi was on the show and there were a lot of people that were saying there were, there were some that agree with him, some that didn't. There was this one particular guy, Amim Arabi, I think his name is, and you can get the sense that and he had another interview with Dr. Phil uh, on his podcast um, that talked about these particular issues. And then there was a somewhat of a focus on it. Um, and in the next couple of weeks, as we're going to discuss certain things concerning with education and a lot of it, and especially with sex education, I will go through what he talked to Dr. Phil about this particular thing, and there could there could be something in the sense of um there could be some sense of oh this guy is this that, and the other, but you begin to witness and understand the reality of the situation that Rollo Tomasi was in, and he stated his case, and he was forceful, he was erudite in his mentioning of this and he pretty much put that his case in simple terms and people need to look at it and see for it for themselves and make their own decisions on that that's as far as i will go with that when it comes to dr phil which is ultimately basically where we're going to discuss about a little bit in this segment Dr. Phil, within two weeks of this show airing, decided that it was over. We can't do the show the way it was done. The Hollywood Reporter then came out and told, said that it was an overall reaching thing, starting with, in many cases, the Catch Me Outside girl, you know her as Bad Barbie, but it was a litany of other things, as well as politics entered into it because the audience felt that Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil were in the same track as it were. 
even though Dr. Phil had no interest in running for politics for Senator and all the rest of it, they believed that he was on the same track. There is some precedence to it. If you recall, and if I, and you recall during our election coverage, there was a mention in a interview done by NBC news that said that there were people that were coming from New York that were trying to vote for Oz in the Pennsylvania election, but did not have residency in Pennsylvania to vote him in. This will become important later on in this show because there is an update I have about the winner, John Fetterman, that is gonna make your ears stand on end. That being said, a lot of people in the comment section in a lot of places have said that he began to promote more of his family's wares, his father's with Dr. On The Man. He started bringing more of these doctors from all these particular entities such as Pfizer, such as all these other things and whatnot. They tried to play fast and loose with the wife's stuff there. And then there were certain things that the advertisers felt as the things went, as things went by that it made them realize that aspects of this show have become toxic to advertisers. Whether it was the way the advertisers felt that some of the guests were being treated, certain topics that they did not want to touch anymore because they were moving towards where I will get, they were moving to a, a situation where they wanted even more fluffier type of content such as the talk, such as Kelly Clarkson, such as um, Jennifer Hudson in a way, such as Sherry Shepard. They were moving towards that type of fluffier type of content, if as it were, that will be more sensible to advertisers. And in what and in turn, you know, advertisers and the and the DEI and all the rest of these things. Dr. Phil does not fit that standard. Same way with Judge Judy, which ended its run but still gets great ratings based on the reruns of this particular thing. But the advertisers, as you begin to notice, as the show gets older and older and older, you begin to realize that they're getting less money off of it. Then you begin to also understand that there are more judge shows that are coming through, let's say, Byron Allen's work and his particular things with his entertainment studios or Allen entertainment studios as it's now called, because now he's starting to get a little bit of inroads into this ind industry and he's starting to become a force where everybody else is trying to leave for streaming. He's trying to build something at the back end with 
the empty space that is being provided as we are witnessing now. So Dr. Phil, ultimately and unfortunately, due to the issues concerning with all the connections that he has done, issues with his, uh, with the way that he works with his colleagues, work hours, respect of workers and all the rest of it, Plus the advertisers feel as though they want more fluffier content, say from Drew Barrymore to other female centric shows there. Then you have the sports thing where they are making more money from, they are pushing more money into sports because this is where everybody's watching. That's why they have put the NFL at such a high level. They're now getting their money back you begin to see that the advertisers are changing their ways concerning with the advertising. There isn't so much woke as there is, and some might say Clintonian 2.0, others in the UK realm are saying Blairish 2.0 type of liberalism that they're trying to promote, which lessens the woke and ups the togetherness and the civil nationalism of a people. And so Dr. Phil in his conservatism and the way he sees his conservatism is not befitting the new type of entertainment that they wish to put out past 2023, 2024 and beyond. So Dr. Phil, is now moving towards a more producing role, producing shows for CBS. The advertisers and the affiliates now want to do reruns of that particular show because if we gonna see the ratings very soon for the Champions League later on in this shindig, and they're beginning to realize that they're making more money from the from, from the Champions League, and they and they're saying that they, that's why they put it to 20, uh, 20 dirty. They're making they're gonna make way more money from the Champions League on certain days and certain weeks than they, they will ever make with Dr. Phil McGraw at this particular time. They only need four sponsors. They only need four sponsors. Those four sponsors will pay a pretty penny. Do you want to? Here's the thing. Um, Dr. Phil doesn't have FedEx money. Dr. Phil doesn't have Turkish Airlines money. Dr. Phil doesn't have PlayStation 5 money. Dr. Phil can't get those car, car shows. When he used to get it, he could get the day and spend the cash. But they're moving away from all of that. Another thing maybe, unfortunately, is this. They thought that Rollo Tomasi airing on that particular episode, talking about tape, and him being looked like a star was the last fucking straw on CBS. Was pretty much the last fucking straw. And they pretty much said, look, we may never air this episode. We might not even air this again. We're going to do the old episodes. Everybody remembers the good old times and whatnot. And we're going to let it be what it is. And another thing that might have hurt the show, ultimately, it might have killed syndication, ultimately, is the world event crisis and its pandemic. 
The world event crisis this that may have ended what we consider syndication in this country. The disaster that it has been placed on, and especially how weak a lot of these affiliates truly are, is tantamount to absolute scare. It's it, it just scared the shit out of you. Scared the shit out of you. It really should. I'm gonna talk about advertising YouTube, Instagram, and other particular things somewhat in the dirt segment. I'm gonna give you into a key into something that has to be mentioned. I won't talk about that fully for another couple of weeks, but when I mention it in this dirt segment, it's going to make your ears stand on end and y'all um, and everyone is going to start beginning to realize that time is running out for a lot of the mainstream media before they get turned over by what I believe is going to take basically take over the rest of the industry. But that is for another time and a little preview of it is for the dirt segment. Carl Denninger is doing a series on his website, The Market Ticker, dealing with science versus engineering. And you need to read all of it. It's not complete. It's not finished. But once it's complete, you get an overall view of what is going on. Let's put this in very simple terms because I don't want to belabor the point. The way we do science or the way we try to discover certain things in this world is so, so horrendously bad that it was inevitable the AI was coming. I'll even get to that in the future. I will even get to that in the future when we do the 22nd century dealing with AI. I will get to that in the future. Everyone should be scared shitless of what Paul Denninger is saying about engineering and science. The way that we have overemphasized science over engineering. And the way that engineering has to be seen as if it fails, they need to go back, figure out how to do it and fix it so we won't have this failure. To get a deterministic outcome on everything. But there has to be studies on these things. And there are ways to do absolute studies on 
A lot of things in medicine know that, that nobody uses. Double blind studies and all the rest of it. And somehow, some way, the science, quote unquote, TM, trademark, Fauci and company, has somehow pulled the wool over a lot of the world head when it comes to this particular treatment for the pandemic. There are things starting to come out especially with an article saying that even Dr. Fauci said that this particular treatment, he wasn't fully sure as this thing came out that it was going to be effective. Things have to start changing for the future even if we don't have a future because this is getting worse by the day. They need to figure out what is really going on with these issues. And then we hear the conspiracy theories and all the rest of it, but this is not going to become a conspiracy theory. It took almost 25 months for people to say that for Mrs. Heritage to come out and say that whatever is in by uh, Hunter Biden's laptop is true. We are nearing the 25 month period when it comes to these particular treatments for the world event crisis and a subsequent pandemic. And it is not going to be pretty what they're going to find out. I just want people to get prepared and realize that we have used science and disavowed the engineering aspect of how to get things right. We have made science into a religion and we have disavowed engineering and it's, and the things that engineering teaches us in order to push out the utopian fantasy that science promises a lot of these Western liberal republic, Western liberal societies. I don't want to call them republics because they're not true republics in the sense that the society can decide who gets in at a certain time in elections. I want them called them Western liberal societies. They're not Western liberal republics. They're Western liberal societies. The, the Western liberal societies can try and get to a point where using progressivism, global liberal order, whatnot, to get them into a form of utopia, which will ultimately is a dystopia, which nobody can live through and will get rankled at because dystopia is ultimately stifling. And we're seeing aspects of that dystopia between how men and women treat each other 
which is a connection back to what we were talking about earlier with Rolo Tomasi being on Dr. Phil over Tate. Tate is still in a Romanian jail. And two of the women there who was working with Tate, saying that Tate never heard him, the judge said, oh, I don't believe you. You were hurt by him regardless, even though you said you were never hurt by him. Do you see what I mean by the way human beings self-deceive is almost tantamount to absolute insanity, which explains a lot of the things concerning with mental health. And we'll all get to that in a moment. We leads us to the documents. We keep finding documents that are supposed to be in the National Archives in every single orifice of these folks' houses. We found them in Biden's place over in New York where the Penn thing is at. We found secret documents of uh, Pence both in his houses and again in his house again. Then we found some abiding in his car. We saw, you know, the Trump and the Mar-a-Lago thing. Then there was more about Pence out there. Said, I never really did that thing with the, you do, uh, uh, those documents out there. But it turns out it was a lie. Here's a question and you need to ask yourselves, folks. What? Oh, the National Archives doing knowing that all these information is out there and nobody is getting told them to bring those information back here. Can anybody tell me what the National Archives has done? If the National Archives is supposed to do this job, they're failing. They're pretty much the librarians of Alexandria. And the librarians of Alexandria are not doing what the librarians of Alexandria are supposed to do, which is to record and keep the data and label it top secret and put it on the Smithsonian or the other, uh, other libraries connected to the Smithsonian, which are connected to the president's. They're supposed to do that. That's the government's job. We pay taxes for it. And they're not doing their job. So, yes, there needs to be blame put on these four men. <coughs> All these documents out there. Oh, this document's not classified. But it is classified. No, 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 I made it non-classified. Don't worry about it. It's old news. I never had classified documents, sir. You have 25 pages of classified documents in your desk. I still did not have those classified documents, sir. Well, I left it in my car. It, it's locked. It, it has a UB key and all the rest of it. But there were some Chinese people that did come in, Chinese businessmen that came into the thing and all the rest of it near the uh, classified documents. 
Well, it's nothing serious. Don't worry about it. It's nothing too serious, guys. Somebody needs to figure out how to solve this problem with the National Archives because we've been having problems getting FCC people in. They shouldn't be in there. They need to get somebody else there. They have done it for three straight times. That's why nothing in the in television industry is moving because there is no FCC chair. There hasn't been one in almost... There hasn't been one in almost 36 months. We were supposed to have a transition later this year to the ASCTC 3.0 standard. We haven't seen no information about that because nobody in the FCC is in their post. So National Archives are not doing things. FCC don't have no commissioner. The commissioner they want to put in is a ideologue, leftist ideologue that wants to turn conservatives into demons. We got balloons that nobody knows where they are. Oh, they shot down a balloon. Well, maybe it's a private balloon. Every, what about the, oh, 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 let's not forget. The FTC, Federal Transport, the Transportation Safety Board, huh? Said that people that are having issues with their hearts can still fly as pilots. We had a IT problem with Southwest Airlines and an IT problem with the whole transportation entities in a couple of weeks, weeks ago. The situation in Ohio, more situations all across the country. And then you gonna come tell me I'm surprised that people don't know where documents is. You hiring people that rather will do OnlyFans or don't have the capacity, they only have the capability and the capacity to do things concerning with um, driving lessons and whatnot, but, but you're asking them to do things for the National Archives, put them in the dead, they can't even do that. But I'll snitch into somebody, oh, I got this, I got that. You're in bigger trouble than you real, this country's in bigger trouble than you realize. It has to be fixes that need to be done in clear and concise manner that it has to be taken care of. Cause I'm gonna hear more about these documents. They're not really telling us what these documents are. Because these documents may be something way, way worse. And the National Archives may be doing something really fucking shady. If they're just asking for documents inside a house. It could be anything. Don't let it be anything. Because if it's anything, holy shit. 
Coming up next to the third segment, things that I have learned throughout my break. We'll be back right after this. I'm beyond this earth. <laughs> We now return you to Beyond This Earth. to be on this serve no haul back here some news that have come from the third segment uh, I, I was going to talk to you about later on in the segment this particular segment first off John Fetterman is being hospitalized for mental health issues they said that he will be out of will be out of the Senate for several weeks, and he is going through what some are calling a depressive episode, and situations being as they may, he is hoping to have a speedy recovery as best as he can. A lot of these liberals that I continue to see are just talking in ghoulish terms. The reality of the situation is, is that he has gone through a stroke and that stroke almost killed him. There's other health issues that they're not willing to discuss with us. One of them has just recently come out with this depressive episode and all the rest of it. There may be other issues that we do not know and we are not in, uh, privy to discuss about this and we don't have that information nor would want to wish it on anybody or even discuss it. However, this is becoming a very, very messed up problem. It has come to my attention that a lot of people don't understand. There needs to be a reckoning with who we put in office. It doesn't matter if it's George Santos, even though a lot of the conservatives say, oh, you, they did this with the other liberals and whatnot. They lied too about all the things they've done. From George Sandals and other people, from other senators to John Fetterman's health and whatnot. It is becoming ghoulish to watch a lot of supposedly 
deeply educated liberals realizing they're watching a man basically die right in front of your face and not feel sorry for him and say that, oh, they tried to excuse it on whatever you want to excuse. This is a stroke victim. I want to make that clear. Okay? And it is very rare for stroke victims to live long lives. Very rare. If it's not caught in time. I just want you people to know that I see this man as a victim of unfortunate incident. And that's why I feel sorry for him. Knowing this as a voter, you cannot put a man who had that type of medical emergency in office knowing that he could possibly die in office. The ghoulish shit that I see with a lot of liberals make my ears stand on end. And they need to come to terms with the fact that these people scared the shit out of If these are the voters in America, they just accept what's going on with this man as just, just, just desserts par for the courts. She scared the shit out of a lot of people. It should. I'm not saying that there aren't days that senators have bad days, that they go through certain things, that they have medical issues and whatnot. But this is beyond the pale, in my opinion. If it was a Republican that went through this, I would say the exact same thing. He shouldn't be in office. That's the issue here. Well, let's say, well, I want to also look into this in another sense. I don't believe many of you have heard the controversy that is going around in the video game industry concerning with Harry Potter and Hogwarts Legacy, but it is a fascinating lesson to witness. And some of those fascinating lessons a lot of people are not understanding and not really getting. This goes a little bit deeper than just basic whatever the liberals saying, dislike of transgender rights and so on. This goes beyond that. A lot of liberals do not understand what is taking place. It's gone above their heads. And it reaches into something that they ultimately caused, unfortunately. They have pretty much proved the point of 
one other part of the left wing, you can call them Blair technocrats, Clinton technocrats, as it were, that, that they were ultimately right. And a lot of these liberals, a lot of these technocrats are beginning to realize that they are part of the left, are beginning to realize they were right almost 30 years ago concerning what we now call woke, is that they cannot allow the process of running, say, a business in a certain way, left-wing, of course, government in a certain way, left-wing, of course, um, society in a certain way, left wing, of course, and they will not allow, they just gunk up the status or the status of whatever the left is doing. The left was successful years and years and years ago because even with world culture, and it was bad in the past. Let's not be, let's not kid ourselves here. They knew they had a goal. They had to complete the goal. They knew what this is this. They knew that free love was free love and all the rest of it. They, the women in this, then what have you. But as woke culture, and, uh, and, and in turn, goddess culture, as Roald Tomasi put out beautifully in certain ways, started to run rampant in the left in earnest. That's when the trouble began to start. Everything the right wing had talked about the actual right wing, not these particular IDW, what have you, except a few others. There have been disaffected liberals that have been thrown out by, you guessed it, the woke and the neo-technocrats and the Democrat party and labor and whatever have you in these Western liberal societies, if you want to put it in that particular sense. They have been thrown out because we now live in a culture of prostitution, especially on the left that accepts and funds ultimately prostitution and its connected aspects of how culture is seen between men and women, ultimately. All this thing with Harry Potter's Hogwarts legacy could have been, was a lesson that has to be taught again and again from the youth up to the older age about creators, about learning how to walk away, about learning how to stay away and learning how to have the constitution to say, I want no part of this shit. It is a lesson 
indignity that if the trans community really, really, really wanted to be forthright and honest, we wouldn't be here. There would be no discussion. The game would have not have sold as much as it did. Unfortunately, they went on the warpath. They went after streamers. They went after all they did, calling all sorts of things out because in a way they were threatened because I'm beginning to say this to other people in the people that are around Rolo Tomasi's spear that we are having in ding concerning with prostitution that is being expanded into many other particular things of how life is being seen. And those that are in the transgender community who have begun the process of the transition journey and all the rest of it and the way they see life and all the rest of it and the way they interact with heterosexual men and others and homosexual heterosexual men and others is that they see it in a lens of prostitution and it's many instances then they see it as human to human interaction, just basic interaction with each other in this country or in other countries in these Western liberal societies. And what the advertisers are starting to learn a lot of them too late. You began to see this in the Super Bowl a little bit. That the Zoomers do not want any aspect of these cultural fights to get away, to interrupt their fun, pretty much. And a lot of liberals are saying, fuck these motherfuckers. Same way that a lot of right-wing folks are saying, fuck these motherfuckers for real. They ain't shit. But the actions taken. Out of fear, mind you. Some may have said that the fear was absolutely justified. by a lot of those that were against this game. Broken up relationships, broken up this and all the rest of it. We need to come to terms to the fact that prostitution is running the Western liberal republics outright and forthwith. And until we come to those terms, we're not going to solve the problems not only between cis and trans, 
but ultimately between men and women in heterosexual relationships outright. But we'll talk about a little about that more in the future episodes of Beyond This Earth. There's also interesting things that are coming about with these elected officials in New Zealand, Scotland, and now some are saying Canada, but I don't think it's true, that they are resigning en masse because of this same particular issue. They played their hand, overplayed their hand in certain ways. And they have reached a point where the censorship, the issues with the pandemic, the world event crisis and the pandemic and how it was handled, the things that are coming out with the the mastectomies of young girls and the move and this particular thing concerning with LGBT youth has all reached a point where a lot of the voting constituents don't want none of this. Especially when we have economic crisis upon economic crisis upon economic crisis upon all these things that are happening in East Palestine, Ohio, and now Detroit recent just now as this recording is taking place and other places throughout the country. The balloons are over that nobody knows which one is shooting down. We know about the Chinese one that it was actually shot down. But the other three we don't know, and they just had a recent um, press conference saying that we think that there were private uh, balloons that, that were shot down. That uh, Biden is overstretching his hand, according to certain um, journalists. We're beginning to see cracks. And the cracks aren't pretty. Y'all have a lot of things to think about, folks. If these leaders are starting to leave. And a lot of people are seeing that wealth or, you know, the World Economic Forum folks are starting to lose a little bit of power in these Western liberal republic uh, societies in particular. And they're not getting the same type of play as they used to. They might say that maybe Trump was right about this whole thing. We need new uh, uh, resources to handle all the changes that have happened. We need to get back to masculinity like Rolo Tomasi said and realize that it, it, we can't be doing this particular thing that we've been doing for 60 years concerning with women and all the rest of it. And it needs to be retrofitted. It is going to be a very interesting time in the next couple of months. We're going to be here for it. We'll tell you more about that in the final segment coming up next. I'll be on this earth.
beyond this earth it is the final segment of episode 10 you know what time it is it's time for the news that you miss from Super Bowl Sunday up to the present time and we'll be adding the news information that we just recently had from this taping Chick-fil-A will debut his new plant-based breaded cauliflower sandwich starting on February 13th, which was just recently. Burt Baccarat, the peripheral songwriter who pens, I say a little prayer for you, and died at the age of 94. Mm, what a legacy that he had. Yahoo, your dad's favorite email provider, said it will lay off 20% of his workforce. Layoffs will have half the number of its ad tech workers. Elon Musk fired a Twitter engineer because the engagement on the streets had plummeted the Verge reports. Alibaba is throwing his head into the language model ring, announcing on Wednesday that it's working on a chat GPT as tool as well. Arm is eyeing an IPO in 2023. Remember, the chip design company Dome was almost acquired by NVIDIA last year, but the deal fell through after malnutrition pushback. Meta is reporting to seek to draw more teen users into Horizon Worlds, its VR app that has so far been slow to gain traction. Satya Natala goes into depth on Microsoft's efforts to challenge Google Search. GM and Global Foundries have signed a long-term deal to carve off exclusive production capacity at the chipmaker's New York manufacturing facility. Florida lawmakers have planned to radically alter the governance of the special tax district where Disney theme parks sit, shifting control of the selection of its supervisors from the company to the governor. Red Five has filed defamation lawsuits against the Mississippi State Auditor and two sports commentators, one of them being Pat McAfee, over allegations that he was involved in the misuse of welfare funds in Mississippi. Tiger Woods will return to professional golf this weekend. That's his first event since the British Open last July. Amsterdam plans to ban smoking marijuana on the streets of his famous red light district. They hope the move will get tourists to behave better. The last blockbuster location is rolling out an ad during the Super Bowl, but it won't air during the game. It'll just be on the Instagram account? A plane that was being sold to LAX collided with a shuttle bus on Friday night, injuring five people. There were no passengers aboard that particular plane. The mayor of Toronto, John Tory, stepped down after disclosing a relationship with a former staffer. 
More than half of the 1,000 advertisers on Twitter start spending money on the platform in the first weeks of January, per CNN. New Mexico State has shut down its men's basketball team Division 1A for the remainder of the season due to hazing allegations. JD.com, the Chinese e-com giant, plans to introduce its own ChatGPT S2 to be focused on serving the retail and finance industries. GitHub and GitLab announced layoffs last week. Duolingo's AI-based approach to personalized learning is coming. Neuralink is under investigation by the U.S. Department of Transportation over the potentially illegal movement of hazardous pathogens. Biotech companies are undergoing layoffs and shutdowns amid a industry-wide downturn. Amazon self-driving cars distributor Zuix took passengers on the public roads for the first time. Ford will work with Chinese supplier to build a new $3.5 billion electrical vehicle battery plant in Michigan, which is expected to open in 2026. The handover state opera suspended its ballet director for smearing dog poop on a newspaper critic's face over a bad review. The European Union will narrowly revoke the sanction this year, the European Commission said in its latest forecast. Mars Wrigley had been found by U.S. safety regulators after two workers fell into a vat of chocolate in a Pennsylvania factory. That's the employees in the Buffalo, New York plant say they plan to unionize, which will be a first for the company. Airbnb scored its first annual profit in 2022 thanks to surging demand for travel. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, has announced that she will be running for president. She is the first major GOP candidate to jump ship to jump into the race against Trump. Subway confirmed that it is expecting a sale. It could be valued at more than $10 billion. Trillo, a call provi uh, software provider, is cutting 17% of itself as the tech layoffs continue. The layoffs could fit about 1,500 people, CNBC reported. Uber is shifting into the cloud that locked largely its own data centers over the years and announced deals with Google Cloud and Oracle on Monday. ChatGDP has caught the eye of U.S. lawmakers as ByteDance is ramping its VR hardware business. Nikola is building out a hydrogen fueling network that it aims to eventually use to power its hydrogen power plants. Walmart is reportedly shutting down three of its tech hubs. The shoot the perpetrator who killed 10 black people in Buffalo in a racially motivated attack was sentenced to life in prison without parole. One person was killed and three others were wounded in a shooting in a shopping mall in El Paso, Texas. An FDA panel unanimously recommended to making the overdose reversal drug Narcan available without a prescription. Raquel Welch, an actress that was known as a 60s bombshell, has died at 82 years old. And as we just mentioned earlier, Scotland's first minister, Nicola Surgeon, unexpectedly resigned yesterday after eight years at the rule, but will stay on until our party appoints a new leader. And that is some of the news that you may have missed throughout the week. We're doing this again next week, so make sure you be here for that final segment. One thing that we're going to talk about Raquel Welch in a moment. I want to get to space news before we talk about Mrs. Welch who passed away. Um, we now know that 
There was an incident that was captured by James Webb or another particular solar telescope, or was confirmed by James Webb, I'm not sure, that showed that the sun had a polar vortex, which is absolutely crazy. A polar vortex. And it just, if you, if you understand how big the sun is, it just was gigantic. It just got cold on the top of the North Pole of the sun. They never seen this before. And it, it became a shock to a lot of astronomers there. More investigations will have to happen concerning the sun. We'll see as that develops. Also, Jupiter has more moons than Saturn. That's right, 92 objects. More than the 80 that are on Saturn. So the battle between the moons is going to continue. They don't know what, how many they're going to call these um, particular moon-based objects, as it were. But the battle continues between who can capture the most planetary ob moon-type objects between the two large gas giants, as it were. There will be more space news next week. But I want to get to Raquel Welch. I just want to make this short and sweet before we get to the the other news that we were going to discuss. Mrs. Welch. I I I I want to go to a point that um, Raul Tomasi said in his Twitter handle concerning women that women were better back in the day than they were now, and then there's a lot of memes out there that saying that. Your, grandfa your grandfather's age, they didn't have to work as hard. We're working two times as hard or five times as hard for women. They don't have three times the talent level as the grandmothers of their past. And they're beginning to, and people are beginning to sense there's something off. Well, I'm here to tell you that there have been women that have the same type of grandeur that Rucka Welsh had throughout all of her 20, 82 years of life. The unfortunate thing is that our women, unfortunately, have that would have had the careers that she would have, uh, Raquel Washman may have had, and many others, 
even despite the disappointments with men and all the rest of it, even though she respected her father, Mrs. Welch, and respected men and realized how men behave and act and move around their being, a lot of women don't have that type of constitution and may have never have had it. And it, 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 she's a she's one of a kind. That's the truth. But there were other women who were one of a kind as well. Unfortunately, our societies do not allow those women to succeed at any point, at any time, at any place. And it is a detriment not only to a lot of women, because these women who could be Raquel Welch in the future, and we remember them for how beautiful they were and how gracious they were, are now allowed to be gracious. They are taken out either through cutting suicide, all the rest of it, or just plain getting sick of life and they join these other particular things and whatnot. And it reaches to a point and, or they're taken out from other women who decide to do the little, oh, I'm cute, this, 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 love me and all the rest of it. Love bomb. And if you want to put it in that particular sense, but you never saw that in Mrs. Waltz. And a lot of women will do themselves some justice to learn from her after they go through the whole thing with um, Pearl Davis, then to Teal Swan, then to Gakko, before they even understand the history of. Mrs. Welch and then read up about Hannah Kimura and then they won't be treating men the way they've been treating men but they can't even reach first level a lot of these women in the West can't even reach first level and that's kind of sad we send our condolences to Mrs. Welch and uh, Mrs. Welch's family and all those that have worked with her and knew her throughout all these years. The three news items I want to discuss is there was a press conference that took place as this recording took place. I mentioned this earlier. Biden and his people are saying that the three other balloon uh, unidentified objects are quote-unquote, private balloons that come from private companies and they were shot down of, on an abundance of caution. That's one. Second one. Excuse me. Second one. John Fetterman is going to be hospitalized, have put himself into a facility to handle mental health and other issues of that nature. He says that he is going to be away from Congress, from the Senate for a unspecified amount of time. Well wishes and hope and other things have been sent by many congressmen and senators hoping that he will get better. But I mentioned this earlier. This man has suffered from a stroke. And I feel sorry for him 
that he went through that. And this may be a part of that. Something has to be said about this because it should scare a lot of people and a lot of voters that, well, Nikki Haley starting to made a point about competency and all the rest of it. You reach a certain age, eh, and then Don Lemon opened his mouth and said, eh, I'm going to try and do the Tomasi thing. But he never did the Tomasi thing because Tomasi is about heterosexual relationships or how men and women relate to each other. He wouldn't understand one damn thing about that. And then Fonz News had to do the leftist thing and enter the frame of the leftist, if you want to put it in that particular terms. Y'all people, y'all gonna have to recognize some things about this life that you're beginning to witness and see and interpret, interpret and make fundamental changes from those observations. That being said, I'm glad that we're back. We're going to see some things that need to be changed and need to be accepted as such. It's going to be a wild time. So, that being said, the announcements. There are actually three of them. One is for Guru Gothic. I am making the announcement that there's going to be a microsite for the upcoming tsunami anniversary but and there will be three articles there and i'm gonna try and get those articles done as soon as i can before the whole site is being built hopefully it will be done around april or so because of the delay that we had with the month and all the rest of it and all these other things that have come up I hope they will be done within that time time period and we can make certain things there. There's going to be a question I will ask certain people about France and Tsunami that needs to be answered before I even write what I need to write concerning that particular block and what it has meant to a lot of people all over this country and the rest of the world. That being is one of them. The next thing has to do with our educational episode, episode 11. I am doing this a little bit differently. This will be a several week project, actually. And it will be mostly between 50 minutes to an hour of not necessarily bonuses, but small snippets of what has been found out from a lot of places concerning education. The outline is already here. On an determined date before the season finale of Beyond This Earth, all of it will be collected into episode 11 of Beyond This Earth. So we are skipping episode 11 
Not yet fully, but we will be skipping episode 11 and episode 11 will come before a, uh, before and uh, March 23rd. It could be before March 23rd or after um, the season finale or the supposed season finale of the early date is the 26th of May. I have to mention something about that as well, but I have to also say that we're also going to talk about in the 22nd century DAI issue and what it really means. And while we being played, it's connected to the educational issue. Actually, the last part of the educational thing is connected to the AI issue, which will lead into the 22nd century. So all this is somewhat connected, so it has to be done in a different way. So each of those parts will com combine into episode 11, and then the 22nd century special report concerning with AI will come about one week before the end of the season. Now, I also want to say this. So, upcoming episodes, I am not guaranteeing anything past the 23rd of... I am not guaranteeing anything past the 23rd of March. I am going to try and do episode 12. I am trying, I am going to do episode 12 because I'm moving it up and there will be a point of episode 11, but it will be added, but certain parts of it will be added. You will see the first part of it, episode 11 there. So they give me a, like a week or so. But I will do episode 12. Um, That will be on March 3rd. Then I have March 10th. Then I have March 10th, which we're in Lent anyway. I have March 10th and March 18th. That March 18th episode will be taped on Tuesday because there's important things that, I, that has to be done near the end of the week. So that thing will be taped on Tuesday. So we're not gonna we're not gonna have a normal episode. We're just gonna have a maybe, maybe it will be a shorter episode there but past that date i'm not promising you that there will be any more episodes beyond this earth until at least next until at least september 2023 i hope that on the 23rd we will have episode let's see episode 6 15 i hope so on the 23rd, we will go back. We will have a brand new episode on that 23rd. But I, but promises 
are very difficult to keep. This break has really shown me a lot of things that cannot be solved or fixed. They have to be moved past through. They have to be nego they have to be navigated around. And it's sad. And a lot of people that I thought were smart, were deeply intelligent, went into the best schools today. They are so illiterate. Illiterate, it's it's unbecoming. Absolutely unbecoming. And in ways it's scary to me. And a lot of people are going to have to come to terms with the fact that things are not the way they should be. And we need to act accordingly in order to get through what ultimately has to happen in order for the changes that need to come about. That's all I'm going to say about that particular issue. But we're back. I'm glad that we're back. There will be a short episode 11 of Beyond This Earth next week. Two weeks we go back to our regularly scheduled show plus another part of episode 11. And we will have a whole lot more for you as well. And I am still working on trying to get interviews and a whole lot of other things for the show. So, thank you for listening to Beyond This Earth. This is Nova Hollerback. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Radio Republic, now on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Audience C, and wherever you get your radio show. We will have the interview soon on Clubhouse, Spotify Live, and other particular places as well. Until next time, this is Nova Hollaback, and we will see all of you next time on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.